This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Taking a look at the issues surrounding the health and well-being of our LGBTIQ communities, this is Well, 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 brought to you every week by Thorn Harbour Health. You're listening to Well, 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 brought to you each and every week by Thorn Harbour Health. Every week here we delve into the issues impacting and surrounding the health and well-being of our gender, sex and sexuality diverse communities. Uh, coming to you this week from home again, thanks to COVID isolation, stunning and gorgeous, uh, we're recording on uh, Woorong and Boonwurrung country. I'm your host, Jacqueline Jannon, and I'm joined remotely by my fabulous co-host, Rachel Cook. How are you going? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's good to see you again. It's been quite some time since we've done a show together. It has been. With Caleb going to um, the International AIDS Conference, there's been a lot of that content. And, um, you know, for, for anyone that's curious to hear kind of more of those those interviews, keep an eye on the Joy website, joy.org.au slash well to see um, any more posts around that. It's also, uh, I believe today is, or at, at some point this week, uh, is in, uh, National Overdose Awareness Day. Um and I mean, I mean, this is the first time that I've kind of covered a topic like this. But I mean, as far as substance use, I mean, within the women's portfolio, um, Rachel, it's something that kind of comes up in, in your work often enough, isn't it? Absolutely. And I think there's two things to really remember here is that, you know, sometimes we talk about these National Awareness Days and, and the fact that there seems to be so many of them and they're perhaps not taken with the seriousness that they should be. But it is so important to speak about National Overdose Day uh, and everything that it entails. And I think that, you know, in, especially within our communities, we know that we have higher levels of AOD issues, alcohol and drug issues. And uh, there's a whole lot of reasons around that. So it's going to be great to chat, around, chat about that. Uh, and in particular, just dispel some myths. I think that it's, it's interesting, no matter... Um, how much you think you can know about this space. There's almost much more to learn. There's so much research coming out all the time. So it's going to be great to really unpack this issue. Absolutely. We're going to be chatting with uh, Venetia Brissenden from The Cottage in South Australia in Adelaide um, about uh, kind of what an overdose looks like for the different kinds of um, drugs there are. sort of harm reduction strategies and and how to respond if if you feel you or someone else out or in is is having an overdose. Um, So that's all coming up this episode on Well, Well, Well. You're getting Well, Well, Well with the team from Thorn Harbour Health. Here on Well, 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 Jack and Rachel are with you and we're joined now by Venetia Bressenden uh, from The Cottage in South Australia. Venetia, how are you going? Yeah, going very well. Thanks, Jack. Yep. Um, we're, we're chatting in light of National Overdose Awareness Day. Mm. Um, and I mean, very quickly for people who, who don't know, do you want to give us a, a brief overview on what, I guess, The Cottage does in this space? Uh, well, The Cottage is a drug and alcohol service um, for LGBTIQ folk here in Adelaide. Um, we've been running for about a year. Um, we are Thorn Harbour Health um, and this is our... We've partnered with um, another organisation to um, provide SAMESH here in uh, South Australia, but this is kind of the first um, LGBTIQ 
therapeutic service, I guess, um, that we've operated um, in South Australia. Um, we've going, been going for about a year and it's um, drug and alcohol service. So so overdose uh, obviously is very important in our work and something that we need to think about all the time when working with clients. Absolutely. Uh, so I guess to start off with the basics, um, what is an overdose? <laughs> yeah, good question. So I guess strictly speaking, an overdose is is any um, anything more of a drug than you actually wanted to take, <laughs> uh, and the impacts, uh, the effect of overdose can can range from just unwanted effects, I guess, all the way to I guess um, you know shutting down your body and having such serious impacts physically, physiologically, that you are at risk of dying or other um, serious impacts. And, Venetia, what are the signs of an overdose? What does it actually look like? Yeah, it will vary depending on what kind of drug that you're overdosing from. And a a way that drugs are often categorised is in terms of their impact on the central nervous system. So whether they depress the central nervous system or whether they stimulate the uh, central nervous system or in the case of hallucinogens, whether they kind of your central nervous system is sort of misinterpreting signals or interpreting things, you know, input differently. Um, so some drugs are a combination of, of you know, uh, depressant and hallucinogen, for example. But um, as, you know, it would suggest, if you take too much of a depressant, a central nervous system depressant, then it, it will depress your central nervous system function. So your central nervous system... It, um, among other things, is responsible for a lot of your involuntary kind of uh, actions. So things like breathing, heart rate, uh, that sort of thing. So if you depress your central nervous system too much, then you may slow your breathing down to the point that you're not getting enough oxygen into your brain, uh, which is pretty important. Um uh, or you may slow your heart rate down or uh, you may become unconscious, yeah? Uh, you can also depress your gag reflex. So uh, particularly, say, in the case of alcohol, um, if people are very, very intoxicated with alcohol and they vomit and they're lying on their back, they don't have a gag reflex uh, to be able to clear that vomit and they can aspirate the vomit into their lungs. So famous rock star overdose death there. Um, uh, and in the case of stimulants, um, it might be things like higher blood pressure or an uh, increased heart rate or increased body temperature, for example. Temperature is another one of those things that your central nervous system controls. Uh, and so overdose, you know, sort of extreme overdose risks um, can be overheating, can be having a stroke or even a heart attack or a, a seizure. Yeah. Uh, so it really depends on the type of drug. Um, and a really important thing to to think about is that taking, you know, if you've had a lot of stimulants, you can't counteract the effect of that by taking a whole lot of depressants <laughs> and vice versa. So so the overdose risk will still remain even if you take a different kind of central nervous system drug. Can I just um, ask about that? Because, you know, yeah. we know that like with people who use I'm not saying everyone, but there are people who use drugs recreationally. That that is something like you know they may have had a night on stimulants and then um, to come down taking 
whether that is you know Valium or other drugs that are going mm. to be something to try and counteract that. So is that just really a myth that that works? Look, it can work to it, it can work to some extent uh, in terms of masking some of the symptoms uh, that you're experiencing from the initial drug, um, or um, helping in a way to manage them. So. Uh, so it might mean that, for example, if you drink a whole lot of alcohol and you take a stimulant, you might not pass out, <laughs> you know, at a certain point. But it can that can be dangerous too because then you keep drinking, and in actual fact, um, it's not removing the alcohol from your body; it's just uh, helping you stay conscious a bit, perhaps, while you're increasing the alcohol levels. And the same with um, taking stimulants and then a depressant to help you come down. So it, it, the original, the amount, if you ingest a whole lot of a drug, that drug stays in your body until you get rid of it. Um, and taking another drug on top is not going to reduce then the overdose risk. Does that make sense? It does, Absolutely. it does. Mm, yeah. I, I guess because you've already mentioned stimula- stimulants, hallucinogens yeah. and, and depressants. The yeah. other kind that I've, I've sort of come across in a little bit of research is, is opioids. Do they, does that f- fall under a different category? It, uh, the opioids are depressants. So there's a, the different countries use slightly different systems. So in Australia, we put opi- opioids in the depressant category. For the UK, for some reason, has a separate opioid category, but they are basically central nervous system depressants. Yeah, Right. And, and when we're talking about these drugs, I guess, for, for people who, um, you know, you, you probably wouldn't end up going to a club or a party and they're like, would you like stimulants? They'll, they'll end oh, up no, using, yes. I, I guess, diff- different names. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, do, yeah. do you want to give us, I, I guess, some of uh, the drugs that fall into these categories? What would we actually hear them called? Yeah, so, so central nervous system depressants are um, alcohol. Uh, the opioids, so um, oxycodone, uh, methadone, morphine, heroin, um, codeine, those drugs, Um, and also GHB um, and um, uh, ketamine is also a central nervous system depressant as well as a hallucinogen. I think they're probably the main ones. Um, And then the stimulants are uh, cocaine, amphetamines, methamphetamines, um, ecstasy, MDMA in its kind of pure form um, is, is a hallucinogen but also a bit of a stimulant. But, you know, it, 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 you'd be very lucky to get pure MDMA in Australia. It's usually mixed with uh, it can be mixed with central nervous system depressants as well as um, stimulants. Um, and then your hallucinogens, uh, cannabis uh, classically, LSD, um, um, and also ketamine as well. So some some drugs cross categories. But in terms of overdose, I think uh, the important ones are, are stimulants and whether it's a stimulant or a central nervous system depressant because if you combine central nervous system depressants, for example, so say alcohol and GHB, which is a, can be a particularly risky combination, um, it, it, they often have a, a multiplicative rather than additive effect. So that means they potentiate the effect on the central nervous system of the other drug. So alcohol plus GHB together are more than the sum of their parts, right? So 
So if you're used to a certain amount of alcohol and you can manage that and you're used to a certain amount of GHB and you can manage that, the two amounts that you're used to together are going to be more than you're expecting and have more impact on your central nervous system. Um, yeah, which is why it can be particularly risky. Oh, and another another important central nervous system depressant is the benzodiazepine. So that's Valium, Xanax, all of those sorts of drugs, the sleepers. I guess you've, you've very uh, smoothly there covered, I guess, po- poly drug use and how yeah. combinations of drugs yeah. can can um, multiply the effects rather than simply add to them. Yeah. Um, we, I, I guess when we speak about overdosing, m- most people would go to um, illicit drugs, right? Yeah. Um, but that can also include prescription drugs, Absolutely. cigarettes yes. or vapes. I guess what are some of the effects that um, – or what some of the concerns, I guess, with using legal drugs or legal substance in that way with illicit drugs? Yeah. So, look, a drug is a drug is a drug. Uh, the law r- around it is is kind of doesn't actually impact whether you're going to overdose from it or not. Um, and they all can interact with each other. They all do interact with each other in some way. Um, and uh, – you know, so I know everyone wants to just have a great time and um, have fun uh, a lot of the time, uh, but you really, you know, in the interest of looking after yourself, you need to be a little bit savvy about what you're taking and how things are going to interact. Um, and there is lots of information available um, if you go looking for it. Uh, there's lots of fantastic harm reduction folk around the world who have put together a whole lot of information uh, everywhere all over the internet because in the interests of taking drugs more safely. Um, so I would encourage everyone to go and search that out. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, you know, even antidepressants, uh, antipsychotics, um, um, blood pressure medication, uh, anti-anxiety medication, um, all of those can also interact with any of the other drugs that you might be taking for a different reason. Uh, and it, it's really useful to know what those interactions might be. Um, and another thing that is, I think, really useful to know is how long does that drug last in your body, um, which generally is called the half-life, the half-life of a drug, um, because that will impact when it might be safe, you know, where the window might be in which you can, you know, take another substance and not be having unwanted effects. Um, So a half-life is basically um, how much time it takes for the plasma level of that drug you know that drug level in your blood to drop by half Um, and usually that's the kind of most efficacious period for that drug so when you would be really noticing or experiencing the effects but the drug will keep working and actually then you have that double that time so if if a drug has an eight hour half-life then in the next 16 hours, it will drop another 25%, yeah, and then it'll go out even further. So um, so some drugs can have actually quite a long half-life. Um, and with things, for example, like benzodiazepines, which a lot of people might use to help 
I guess, ameliorate the, the effects of the other drugs that they're taking. So coming down from a stimulant, for example, or um, using to stop any withdrawal symptoms from an opiate or to or from alcohol. Um, if you then load a, another drug on top, you've got to be really aware of what the half-life is that, of that benzodiazepine because it can have quite a big impact. You're listening to Well, Well, Well on Joy 94.9 with Jack and Rachel and we're joined by Venetia Brissenden from The Cottage in South Australia. Venetia, we were just speaking about um, a drug's half-life and what that actually means, but how can this also uh, result in an overdose and what does that look like? How different is that from, you know, what we were talking about, about overdose prior so the way it can impact is um, basically that um, you're adding more of a particular type of drug. You might you might think, um, for example, if you take benzodiazepines, someone might take um, a, a, a something to help them sleep, um, and they took it the night before, and they're not feeling any impacts uh, the next evening and they're thinking that that drug is out of their body, and then they take another central nervous system depressant, for example, uh, GHB or heroin, um, and they don't realise that they've already got a central nervous system that has not left their body yet. Um, And so the impact of that GHB or heroin will be greater in terms of overdose risk. Um, And that actually is a not uncommon way that people overdose um, um, because they forget about the drug that they took the day before because they're not feeling it anymore, yeah? That was yesterday, mm. yeah? Yeah. Um, but something like Valium, for example, I think has about a 14-hour half-life. So it takes a long time <laughs> to get out of your body and it will still be, it will still be impacting your central nervous system uh, when you take that other drug. Yeah, and I guess as you were saying before, these are the things that you know everyone wants to have a good time, but know what you're taking. But it's yeah. not just knowing what you're taking; it's knowing all of these sort of details, yeah. isn't it? Like drug yeah. half lives, like what happens if you mix them. Um, yeah, yeah, it's quite yeah. fascinating, and I'm sure a lot of people would be learning quite a lot listening to this. Yeah, yeah, and you know, look with central nervous system depressants, you know, uh, you I think you have to be really careful. It's, it's generally why people say don't, you know, make sure that you don't use alone um, is really about the overdose risk because if you pass out, there's nothing you can do, <laughs> to, you know, uh, and your your respiration may get depressed to the point that you, you end up with some kind of brain injury or dead. Um, yeah, so um, uh, it's really important that um, you... I mean, there's look. There's lots of things you can do to try and reduce the risk of overdose. So, so uh, using if you're planning on using a certain amount of a substance, have a small part of that amount first to see how you feel. What's the impact on my body, right? And at least with something like Valium, you kind of know what the dose is. But with when you're buying a drug from somebody else, um. You don't, you don't know what the potency of that drug is, yeah? Um, you, you're guessing, you're probably asking the dealer and they're telling you, but it it may not 
it may not actually correspond with um, how it impacts you. It's, you know, there's no safety controls. <laughs> um, so always have a bit of a taste first and a, take a moment to assess how you're going with it, what's happening with your body, are you feeling okay before you um, have the rest. Yeah. The cottage is, is obviously um, an alcohol and other drug service really for LGBTIQ communities. Yeah. I, I yeah. guess, why do we see, um, or I mean, feel, feel free to address if, if that's necessarily the case, um, you know, what kind of communities do we see um, increased drug use in and, and potentially overdoses as well? Yeah. Um, look, uh, we know that uh, that uh, drug use is slightly higher in general in the LGBTIQA plus community and we, we don't, you know, we don't know exactly, but we guess that that's a lot to do with um, minority stress and growing up in a heteronormative, heterosexist uh, world um, and a, a, a gender binary world. Um, and uh, But also it's to do with how historically queer people have found each other and where we've found each other, which has often been in venues. <laughs> um, and um, so different parts of the LGBTIQ uh, community tend to have diff- slightly different relationships with different substances. Although, you know, that is a massive generalisation, you know. Lots of people use all sorts of different substances for all sorts of reasons. Um, but we know, for example, that there is a culture of um, party and play and chemsex uh, in the um, community of men who have sex with men. Um, we know that there is a bit of a culture of drinking alcohol uh, among LBQ women. So, you know, that those things. But, um, you know, drug use has been in every human society and subculture throughout history. So <laughs> it is not exclusive to, um, to our communities. Uh, but it is really useful to think about the ways that substances are used in our communities in order to craft, I guess, a particular harm reduction messages or what particular groups of people may need to look out for uh, when they're engaging in the social activities that they're engaging in, yeah. What are the the most likely places to see overdosing? So is it in the clubs? Is it house parties, music festivals? Mm. Um, Look, overdoses can happen anywhere, yeah. Um, So... um, yeah, people can overdose from prescription medication at home, you know. Um, people can um, overdose um, out camping. People can, you know, it's it, it, overdose can happen anywhere. It's not site-specific. Um, I guess that places where people are congregating and taking a lot of drugs may be places that you're more likely to see where overdoses may ha- more commonly happen. Um, uh, and I think it's really useful for everybody to have some idea of what the signs of an overdose might be uh, and how to assist people 
um, that they're with if they think that someone is overdosing. Yeah. So well, I guess on that mm. point, we've been speaking a lot about harm reduction. Yeah. What do we do if we um, either ourselves feel like yeah. we're experiencing an overdose or we see our mates um, in yeah. any context, as you said, um, experiencing that? How, how do we react? Yeah. Look, um, so the basic first aid principles apply. Uh, so you want to get someone, uh, if you can, if they're ambulatory and they're responsive, then you want to get them somewhere quiet, uh, somewhere, uh, you know, where they're not going to be overheating, where they can sit down and you can have a bit of a conversation with them about how they're feeling. Um, so, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of probably the first thing if they're ambulatory, right, if they're responsive and ambulatory. But really you want to be contacting, uh, you want to call an ambulance basically. If you think someone is overdosing, that is what you do. Um, And the ambulance is not going to be, um, you know, if if you're like at a club or um, a festival or something like that, Um, Well, if you're at a festival, you will probably have an ambulance service on site and you want to contact them straight away. You want to put people in the recovery position um, to assist their breathing or in case they vomit, uh, it's really important that they're lying on their side Um, and you want to keep checking their breathing and um, going into CPR if you need to. But the other thing too is that you can access, if you are someone who uses opiates or you're around people who use opiates, uh, your community, in your community or your friends or whatever, you can carry Narcan with you um, and administer that and it works pretty much straight away um, to um, negate, to sort of block the the effect of opiates. So um, if you're uh you can contact various drug and alcohol services um harm reduction victoria um other places will will provide a very quick uh bit, little bit of training on how to to administer narcan um and it's also available um at pharmacies without prescription so um you know really strongly encourage people if you your your friend group or yourself or people you know uses opiates to make sure that you're carrying some Narcan. That's such great advice. Thank you for that. And could you just run us through just briefly what is the recovery position? Oh, yeah. Okay. So the recovery position is making sure that someone's lying on their side. Um, Look, I really suggest that everyone gets first aid training. It's incredibly Mm. useful. (laughs) I have actually uh, uh, had to been with friends and we've had to do CPR on someone overdosing uh, and that person lived um, and they might not have otherwise. So I, I really strongly recommend everyone get uh, first aid training so and CPR training. So basically you're lying someone on their side with their top leg bent so that they're, they're leaning forward on, on that knee um, and their um, bottom arm uh, put out, stretched out so it's supporting their head and neck, yeah, and their head is tilted to the side. Uh, and slightly downwards, so that if they do vomit, the vomit will will gravity will take it out of their their mouth. Yeah, um, yeah. And then you can, you know, you can in that position, you can, you know, put your ear to the their back to see hear if their heart's beating, um, and to uh, it's easier to tell whether someone's breathing um, 
and their heart's still still beating. So I guess that's central nerve. That's how a central nervous system depressant overdose is likely to to manifest. So people getting slurring their speech, um, starting to nod off, um, not being able to follow conversations, um, very uncoordinated. Uh, possibly passing out. So that's the kind of, that's what happens with that. But with a stimulant one, if people are getting any kind of chest pain or they're feeling really hot and they can't cool down, um, then uh, that's a cause for concern, yeah, and you they probably want to get med- medical attention, yeah, uh, because people can have, uh, or if they've got, a, you know, like they start getting a pounding headache, um, you know, those are, those are some of the the thing, signs to be uh, aware of, right? Because yeah. um, what and, you're concerned about is stroke, heart attack, mm. um, overheating. Yeah, and and if people are kind of worried about their own drug use or, or friends' yeah. drug use, um, what services are available? I mean, I imagine the cottage would be one of the first, but what other yeah. resources are out yeah. there for people who want to know more? Yeah, look, I guess I guess I would think um, you know drug and alcohol services are not just for people who have a dependency or uh, think that their drug use is a problem, right? Uh, so it's not just for the, I'm doing kind of quotation marks, marks in the air now, addicts, you know, uh, which is not a word we use, but um, you don't have to be um, taking a substance every day and feeling really like your life is really controlled by that substance to be able to access a drug and alcohol service. You know, here at the cottage, we offer a brief intervention of one to three sessions, which might be just coming in and talking about your use uh, and how you can do it more safely, how you can do it with less risk of overdose. That's a really, you know, any drug and alcohol service will be really happy to spend some time talking with you about that uh, because our main priority is keeping you safe, yeah, Um, and helping you stay safe. So, um, uh, drug and alcohol services, your local drug user organisations. Um, so they're, they're, you know, so in Victoria, it's um, Harm Reduction Victoria. Um, and um, also the internet can be a really great, great source of, you know, as I was saying before, you know, lots of nerdy harm reduction folks around the world have put together a lot of information. So a really good site that uh, Thorn Harbour Health has is touchbase.org. Um, which can tell you a bit about how um, about how drugs impact um, and the drug some drug interact, interactions, particularly with HIV medication, uh, which is really useful, and hormones um, and other drugs. Um, you know, the ADF has a site. Um, you know, there's lots of information out there. Been fantastic speaking about this, and it's a very important topic, and obviously something that you, you work with um, every day at, at the cottage as well. Um, so, th- thank you, I guess, for speaking with us um, on National Overdose Awareness Day, um, Venetia. Thank you so much for your time. You're very welcome. Thanks for listening to Well, 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 your show for LGBTIQ health and well-being, presented by Joy Sponsor, Thorn Harbour Health. For more on these topics and much more, check out Thorn Harbour on social media at Thorn Harbour or via the website, thornharbour.org. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.